Welcome to Team Building Cultures, the podcast designed to deliver tools and tips for improving team communication, collaboration, and fostering a culture where teams thrive. Now, here's your host, Beverly Hathorne, owner of Strategic HR Consultants. Hello, team builders, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Team Building Cultures. Today, I'm very excited to speak with my guest, Colin Duff. Colin is CEO of Mosaic Innovation. It's a cultural transformation consultancy that helps enterprises turn every colleague into a person on a mission. Today, Colin's gonna talk to us about a team manifesto and how it gets colleagues pumped and aligned with an inspiring declaration on their purpose, vision, goals, and mantras. This is really great. I've, I've seen Colin's team mantra manifesto before, and I can tell you, you're really going to enjoy this. So thank you so much for joining me, Colin. How are you today? Yeah, delighted to be here. Thanks for having me, Beverly. Really looking yeah. forward. Yeah, great, great. So tell us about the team manifesto. I know about it, but for those who weren't privy to our previous conversations. Tell us about that. Sure. So we all know how dysfunctional teams are, particularly in large enterprises. So there's all these kind of stats up to 75% are dysfunctional, two-thirds of meetings are a waste of time, similar figures of people are disengaged. Or put another way, and I love this description, people say often teams resemble something out of Game of Thrones, where you've kind of got all the backstabbing and politics and, and fighting. And you know, even in a more um, benign context, you've just got a lot of people sometimes with best intentions going in different directions. And also teams that are sometimes maybe part of a big organization. So if you are maybe part of like a telecom company, but you work in the group property team, you know, what? why do you exist? What's your mission? What's your purpose? Look into the one that exists at an organizational level. It's often quite abstract and quite removed and not very inspiring. So that's really where the genesis of this came about, was thinking about how can we actually, if you think of each team as its own mini business, so almost like if it's own, like agencies do this really well, where you have a brochure, what does this team stand for? Or just like a political party, you know, what's its reason for being uh, and that's what the team manifesto is about. As I say, it sounds quite grandiose, but it's really quite simple and quite easy to do with a team. And the one thing I really love about creating a physical document is with a lot of team building, people go and have fun in a day, but it ends up being a bit of a sugar rush because there isn't any legacy. When they look back in three months or six months, they have a fond memory. Whereas when you create a team manifesto, it's a living document that you can refer to and see, are we living up to our, our values and attaining our vision? But also, for example, for onboarding new colleagues, you can show them, is this the kind of team you want to be part of? Or even other stakeholders to say, what does this team do? What's it about? So looking forward to telling you all about it. Well, that sounds really great, Colin, because I've been a part of a team where we didn't seem to fit the... Um, company's general mission and vision, you know, it was like, okay, we're here and, you know, but how do we impact? So your team manifesto, do you have a copy of one that you could show us today? Yeah, absolutely. Let me just bring it up. So I'll show you the framework and then I'll, I'll show you an example. So this simple framework here 
We start with the purpose. So most teams get really caught up in like what they do, but this is the why do you actually do it. And for any um, listeners familiar with Simon Sinek, start with why, who done the very famous TED talk, you'll probably appreciate the value of that. And then we're looking at the vision. So this is qualitatively in big picture terms, over the long term, what is this team seeking to achieve? So the vision shouldn't be changing even year to year. It'll typically be quite long. And then we talk about goals. And I'm not talking about your typical operating objectives, like we need to move this metric by 5% or we need to make a bit more efficient. I'm talking about what are the most important rallying cries over the next period? Now, usually we do the manifest over around about a year, and we typically would have between about three to five goals. And I'll give you some examples and more details. And then the sexiest part, or the most exciting part for me, are what are your mantras? Now, every organization always talks about values, but they tend to be a bit banal and flat. They kind of have to be when you're dealing with a big business. So we've all heard stuff like teamwork, trust, integrity. Nothing wrong with it, but a bit bland and a bit yawn. So the mantras are the stuff I like to think in the UK, we'd say your inner monologue because people are quite reserved. In the US, they might actually stand up and raise their fists and cheer. But they're the kind of thing you'd say to each other, like, are, are you living up to this? So a great example, Amazon has one called Disagree and Commit. So they expect you to speak up and have a fierce debate, but once the decision's made, everybody needs to align behind it. So there's literally people sometimes saying in meetings when someone's going on about it, look, we've made the decision, you need to disagree and commit, get on board as an example. Gotcha, gotcha. So, you know, when we look at things like purpose and vision, you know, those are kind of... um standard for organizations and companies, especially the larger companies. And goals, like you mentioned, are typically, you know, 5% over this goal or to reach that goal within X amount of days or whatever. But, you know, um, here we're talking about the goals of the team and the battles or, you know, things that they plan to win. I especially like the mantras because when you cheer a mantra, it sort of gets you hype and gets you in the go. It, it puts you in the lane that you need to be in to achieve those goals and the vision and the purpose. And it definitely drives attitudes and behaviors. So I really like the mantras, yeah, even, even if it's I don't know, something simple like go team, go, you know, <laughs> even if it's something yeah. simple like that. Yeah. Yeah. We need a mantra to help us to like cheer us on and to get you, get your blood flowing and get you going or else. Cause if you have to listen to that 5% over last year, but 2% over the year before, and you know, 1% over first quarter and 2% over second quarter, if you have to listen to that, then you kind of lose, you know, where you belong in that whole thing. So I really like the team manifesto thing. So and you know, you, you picked up on a couple of really important points, Beverly. And one of them, right, is about the mantra needs to be really authentic to the team. So this isn't a traditional business document we're writing. And I've got a great visual aid for this of this lady. Um, I like to call it aggressively authentic. And if you can see for those that can see the visual, it's a lady. Uh, dressed them very flamboyantly, given the fingers. And I say that firstly, it needs to be rooted in reality. So a lot of times people write these in a kind of 
aspirational, cliched, we want to be the best, right? And that that just has no energy or, or no authenticity. And it should come from the heart. So I really encourage people, imagine we're doing this in a pub after a few drinks, right? And we want lots of personality. Now, if you're at a bank and it's quite serious, your manifesto is going to be very different than if you're in a cool tech startup, as an example. So, um, you know, I worked for a big hotel chain and they had effing up as part of it because that was really, I think, to the team. They're, we want you to make mistakes because that proves that you're actually pushing the envelope and being innovative. We don't want you to come and, and play it safe. Or another great mantra for them was get to yes. And this was either this team was a team that needed to sell ideas. So they're saying, look, you're always going to come up with a no. We need you to, to overcome it. So, mm-hmm. And I like the one that you mentioned before, which was uh, disagree and commit. So, you know, when you disagree, if, if, if everybody in the room is on the same, you know, point and of the same thought and everything, sometimes somebody in the room's not thinking. You know, somebody's just going along with it. So when you start to disagree and commit, I think two things happen. Number one, you get the creativity flowing and, you know, the thought process and the innovation. But also that can only be successful if you've created a culture where people are comfortable speaking up and comfortable putting their thoughts out there. You know, and then when you talk about, you know, um, messing up is part of the part of the journey. Okay, so when people are allowed to fail forward, that's when they step up and they bring those ideas and they bring those thoughts. Because if that's not happening and, you know, you've got a toxic culture, you're only getting just a little bit of what your employees have to offer. You're not, you're not really opening up a situation or an environment where they can bring their authentic selves to work, their whole sales to work. So I I really like these 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 mantras. Yeah. That's Couldn't great. Couldn't agree more. Well said Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. So um what's next on our manifesto? So the, the way I like to just to try and make it really actionable for listeners, how you'd actually run this. So get the team together for a day. And the first thing I'll always say to them as almost a primer is I want you to think back on your experiences of this team and share some stories that have uh, things that have made you proud. Now, if it's a new team, they can think about pride from, from previous roles. And I'm not talking about joy. So joy typically is things like, oh, remember I got that big Paris, right? Or I won the award. Now, those give you momentary happiness, but it's quite fleeting. What I'm talking more about is the fulfillment. So this is more around if you're a parent, You might not always enjoy being with your kids, but you probably love them over the long term. So usually it's where you've helped other people, most often customers, and that can be internal customers. And it's a great way for people just to think about what's the magic or the DNA of this team. And I collect those. So I say, I want everybody to record your top story on a post-it, share it with the team. And we're going to use that stimulus as well to ensure that we stay authentic before we go into the next set of exercises. And then the first one we do is your why. And there's quite a fun exercise where we use almost a reverse technique. And what I say to people is, I want you to imagine that the terrible thing has happened. This team no longer exists. There's been a big budget cut, some horrible restructure, right? Who actually cares that your team is gone? 
what will the impact be of this team not being there? And you know, I've done this several times now, and there are sometimes teams have a bit of soul search and say, oh yikes, like who would care? You know, we're particularly if you're a team that's maybe mandated, right? So you're regulatory affairs, but usually teams can say, you know, actually there is somebody whose life they might not realize immediately, but would soon become, you know, less good. And what kind of impact would that have? And it's a really interesting framing to think about what is the role this team plays in others. And then what I'll ask them to do is a really simple formula, and I'll maybe show this one on the screen, just for how do you land your why? Now, usually at an organizational level, there's lots of examples, but I like to give people, what's an example of a why for a team? So there's a simple formula, I call, I call it a purpose statement. So if you say we exist to do an action so that what is the benefit? Couldn't be simpler. So for example, we at my company had to help people rediscover their passion for work so that they can thrive and achieve their potential. So that was something that really got us out of bed in the morning and thought, right, that's why we exist. But I'll give you some other fun examples from some companies we've worked with. So we worked with a big um, transportation company in Scotland. And Scotland is a very, we'd say, no-nonsense culture. People say what they mean. So we said to the team leading the transformation of this transport company, you know, tell us why do you exist? And they said, bigger trains, better trains, faster trains. And we're like, whoa, like that is just beautiful in its simplicity. Or we are a cybersecurity team we work with, a big tech company. And again, this takes, you know, lots of going around because people give you the bland answers or they give you quite convoluted long ones. And it's really important to have a very simple articulation. But theirs was to keep the bad guys out without making things difficult for the good guys. Now, when we started it, they just had something about, you know, quite a bland business speak of, oh, we're here to protect the business and mitigate against strategic threats, blah, blah, blah. So it's almost switching off that horrible business speak that we're all socialised into and is quite low energy and helping them, if you're facilitating this, to re-express stuff in a more human tone of voice. And also to think about somewhat beyond the obvious. So, of course, in cybersecurity, you are existing to prevent threat. But actually, you've got another function, which is to enable people to do stuff, you know, not to hinder their, their, uh, their life. So the why is actually often one of the trickiest ones. I usually also recommend, if people haven't seen it, watching Simon Sinek's TED Talk. Because a lot of people say, well, why do I need to know what I do? It's just the what. But all of the evidence shows that when you find your why at team level and even in an individual level, you tend to be more motivated and fulfilled, you tend to be more innovative, and there are just so many benefits. So that's the first ground, and is well, why are you here? And then we'll get to the what. Yeah, that's great. You know, and I can see where that would be wonderful for, again, for employee engagement and creating a culture where everyone contributes and brings their best selves, their professional selves um, to the organization. Because when you created such a roadmap, you remind me as a team member, you remind me of my purpose. You know, I, I might be an accounting 
person, you know, and I sit there and I crunch numbers all day, but you remind me of why. And you remind me of who I'm crunching these numbers for and what happens if I don't crunch these numbers and how important these numbers are. So then I start to think of better ways to crunch the numbers. I start to think of uh, different ways to present the information. If I'm thinking of who I'm serving, then I start to think of, do they understand what I'm saying? How can I make this better for them? So I can see where this manifesto would be really great for uh, improving um, the team performance, the productivity, because now they're not just there showing up for work. They got a purpose, they're driven, they got a line, a track to run, you know, they they know where they're going and why they're going there. So I, I've said before, I really like this manifesto idea. And I like the cybersecurity mantra because I'm one of the good guys that often gets locked out when, you know, <laughs> when security gets stronger, I'm like, oh my God, I can't get in. You know, I almost want to wish I knew the hacker so I could just call him and ask him what, what are my passwords. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I have a similar, um, I, I hate that resetting your passwords. It's a nightmare. Um, yeah, it's a nightmare. And, and, and once we've done the why, then we get to the what. And we'll get this great tool called a future cast. And it, it sounds complicated, but really simple. And it's just thinking on five to six key dimensions. Let's really pinpoint where are we today and where do we want to go? Now, usually when people do these kind of strategic tools, they get quite complex because they're quite lengthy and in-depth. This one is the exact opposite. We say to you, we want a single word represent. So we force you to get off the fence. There's no hiding place on where are you today and where do you want to go? So the first dimension, I've shown an example here, people can see it is, what do other people think about this team? So that could usually be your maybe internal customers or your peers or senior leadership. And this is an example from a um, team we work with in a tech company. And they said, to be honest, we're seen as optional, right? People say, well, you know, I guess we have to use those guys. Um, they're, they're kind of nice to have, although sometimes they slow us down. And this was the service design team. So these are the guys that design the digital experiences. And we said, well, look, where do you want to get to? And usually we're again talking about over a year period. And I said, we want people to actually want to use us and think, oh, those guys are mission critical, right? And we get what they do. So, and this always causes great debate because it's often quite, usually teams doing a manifesto, to be honest, when they bring us in, they're teams that are not performing as strong as they want to. But there's always usually a scattering. So there's some superstars in most teams and some other people. And what we're trying to get here is almost a kind of average, right, across the team. What, what people are thinking. And the next one we talk about is, what is the role of this team as well? So in the case of the service design team, and I'll, I'll not go through all of these, they said, well, our role today is people already know what they want and they just tell us, could you just document that and just make it happen? But we've done the strategy. And where they wanted to get to was saying, no, actually, we want to be thought partners. We want to shape the design. We want to actually be doing the, the problem solving, not just the execution. And if you ask lots of teams, so we worked with a marketing team as well, they were saying, well, you know, all we are really doing is just trying to sell as quickly as possible and generate leads. We actually want to build a brand, right, and build loyalty and, you know, do a lot of other 
exciting market and things. So a lot of teams have aspirations to get to, to somewhere higher. Now, what I'd recommend when you're doing this, and I'll, I'll not go through all of them, is it's really important to have something that is both ambitious and attainable. So sometimes teams have said, oh, we want to get there. And there's a few people in the room say, guys, that's in a year, just that that's unrealistic. So you need to have it can't always just be we're at we're bad or we're average and we're going to be amazing on each of these areas. It does need to sometimes be we're going to build incrementally or we're going to prioritize some more than others. So the other ones just for anyone that's listening, we talk about what are the, for example, the deliverables and really big one, what is the mindset in this team? So and the team I was talking about, they had one almost a backseat where they were seen as um, you know, kind of like on the bus rather than driving the bus. They wanted to lean forward. What kind of leadership style do you want? Is it maybe traditional command and control of this team? And we wanted to move more towards enabling, sometimes called servant leadership, where it's much more egalitarian. And also, how do you do things methodologically from an approach perspective? So can everybody do their own thing? So it's quite fragmented. And what they wanted was to be a bit more consistent and structured in their approach. I don't know if these that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that that's awesome. That is so. Um, I'm a very um, organized person, and I like to. Um, I I can think and do on the fly, but I like to have things kind of lined up for me, and then I, you know, work within those lines. So I really like this, especially the part about um, the roles and and the mindset so you know we want to stretch but we don't want to make it unattainable because we do want to see some success at some point but we want it to be beyond what we are because that's where the growth is so how do you make this manifesto stick how does it you know how did how do you throw it up there and, and make it stick so that in i don't know a month people haven't forgotten about it Good question. So I think firstly, actually landing it on paper, and I would encourage people to get a designer to make it look really cool and authentic. So we've done one for one team and they had a business superhero theme. We've done another one where teams wanted, um, I don't know, like a more explorer because that's how they, they see themselves or a scientific theme. So I think landing it, we circulate the document by email Sometimes we do the team manifesto at a team of teams level. So whenever we do that, we always do a follow-up day with each team to discuss how does it apply to the role. And then I think having some kind of what I would call visual noise. So whether that be poster assets, whether it be like, oh, I've seen people make mouse mats, even with the mantras, which I loved, someone get a business card produced so that each colleague could keep it in their wallet and refer to it. But to really give it a heartbeat, to be honest, it's everyone but particularly leaders responsibility in the everyday meetings to be saying okay Beverly we agreed a mantra of X so like one of the mantras from a team work with which was really authentic to them actually was bring it right and it's all about you need to be in your a-game here every day it's a really high performance culture so they'd actually yeah, it's quite a playful jokingly expression would say in the meeting or or have you brought it? Like you need to bring it, and that was kind of like a, a a gentle like you need to up your game, or you're having an off day. So that's really how you build legacies when people internalize it, and that's why simplicity is really important. So a lot of these things I've seen 
they get so big and complex and people can't remember. But if you can have, and that's why the imagery is so important, we have 70% more times, 70% more likely to remember a message when it's, it has accompanying complementary visuals. So the design of it is really important, it's fixing people's memory. And then it's, as I say, expressing it every day and also revisiting it as well. So I'd be saying at least quarterly, for example, I've seen teams have mantras and warps. So it's like, okay, well, let's look on, we mentioned disagree and commit, bring it or effing up as part of it and given actually awards to each other saying, well, you've really lived that mantra. Um, and the future cast as well, I've seen other teams as well put it on a wall and always put on some post-its or magnets and moving them across an axis to represent how far they're actually moving. And they'll do that, whether it's weekly or monthly, and say, look, we're really nailing it on the mindset. But you know what? On the methodology stuff, we're actually still super fragmented and we, you know, we need to become a bit more structured or, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And I like that idea about moving it across the axis, you know, and maybe in the team meetings, maybe once a month, somebody could bring their idea or their thought or their experience in, you know, moving the the mantra or the roles or what it, whatever it is that you choose to highlight, you know, but um, make sure that you keep it up front and keep everybody engaged in it. So how often and when do we need to refresh our mantra? Do we, you know, is it when the team dynamic changes or you know or do we just do we reach that goal and we start over again how often do we reswizzle this thing so i would say that um typically it's annually although it depends on the dynamics of the team so sometimes when you have massive team changes like following a restructure and this has happened where they brought in a whole new bunch of people you'll certainly want to revisit it and see is it still appropriate or a major strategy change but you'd be looking for as I say, roughly about a year's period. It's quite an investment of effort to take people away for a day. And also, if you change things too quickly, people forget, right? And it starts to lose its stickiness. But when you're updating this annually, what you'll often find is that your why typically won't change. Your vision as well is usually a three plus years. The goals, so those are the most important operating things they will usually change annually. So you want to certainly update those. And similarly, the mantras as well, most of them will stay the same, but you might actually decide to, to swap one or two out and say, do you know what? Everyone here now is really comfortable with X. So we're now going to add a new one and subtract it or swap it so that we can focus on a different area. But yeah, I think annually is a good way to look at you know, team planning cycle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, that manifesto has a lot of benefits that I can just think of, you know, just right off the top of my, my head, having led various teams of various skill levels, you know, I can see where it could, you know, pe for people who like to work in silos, um, you can still do that, but know that, you know, this is the goal for your contribution. This is what we'd like to see you contribute to. And, you know, it can even help with collaboration, you know, with people working together when they see uh, each other can have input 
on the other's uh, position or work role or whatever, how they can, you know, it can increase collaboration. I think the, the manifesto is a great uh, idea. I really like the mantra, you know, shout it out every morning doing coffee or, you know, I don't know, <laughs> at the end of the day, when you know, I, I really like the mantra because, you know, that, that really gets people going. So Colin, thank you so much for bringing this information to us today. Do you have anything that you'd like to share with our listeners? for those who might want to learn more yeah if you're interested if you come to mosaic-innovation.com um, downloads there's a um, team manifesto toolkit there with some examples and all of the exercises and you know I just encourage people this is such a useful tool it's something that you can do yourself you'll get every team we've done we've done it for has said the benefit and the legacy is just incredible so yeah give it a go and if you have great results please let Beverly and I know we love hearing about success stories yeah most definitely and how can we reach you how can people get in touch with you just want to chat or see what you got going on just keep current yeah so it's um again just uh, you can contact me directly colin at mosaic-innovation.com and yeah I'd love to talk to people what they're doing in the um cultural transformation as I call it space people call it human capital or just really how do you keep employees happy is, is another way of thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much, Colin. Listeners, get your team manifesto. It's like a roadmap, you know, and just, you know, get your team manifesto, get your mantra, shout it out, and get everybody on board, on board the same train, moving in the same direction, help them understand their purpose and why they're there and who they impact. So Colin, thank you so much. Um, Colin of Mosaic Innovation, thank you so much for bringing this thank to us. Very. This is great info. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Goodbye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Team Building Cultures. We hope we have delivered helpful and enlightening information to help you create your dream team. Join us next time.